Happy Wednesday, everybody. Two days from the weekend. Uh, it's been a decent week for me, you know, uh, personally. And uh, I hope everybody else is having a great week as well. Uh, we're officially uh, about to be three weeks uh, till football season, so that's exciting to know and hear. Uh, apparently, I read an article that said um, there's going to be some Division One FCS games happening. Uh, so I'm going to ha- come back probably in the next few days and tell you guys which uh, college that will be because, you know, um, no matter what, if there's going to be football on, shoot, I've, I've gone long enough about football, so I may just tune in and watch those games, assuming that they uh, still happen. So uh, let's get to the, the playoffs. So uh, Monday, I, you know, I decided to, uh, you know, take a break and, you know, do two days between each uh, games of the playoffs now, you know, so I can get just a full influx of how all the games went and wouldn't just keep, you know, hounding every day, you know, just trying out, seeing how it goes. So uh, let's talk about Monday. Uh, you know, the Bucks, you know, took control again. So now they lead the series 3-1. Uh, Giannis is now uh, picking up the pace. You know, I think the whole team is now picking up the uh, pace of hey, we're number one seed, so we need to go ahead and take care of these guys so we can, you know, get the rest and keep up with all these sweeps that are happening, you know, with Boston and Toronto essentially sweeping their uh, respective teams as well. Um, You know, so I I think that's a blessing and a curse because with sweeping teams, because, yes, you've done it early, but it's like, will you lose that, you know, that momentum, you know, as the stretches get wider and you know the teams get better so you know I've always been a 50-50 on uh, you know easy sweeps or you know fast sweeps you know uh, so that's just uh, my opinion on that so let's see how Monday went you know Bucks like I said the Bucks won by 15 against the Magic so you know they're looking to uh, close out today when they play at three o'clock Rockets and Thunder that's that's become a a very interesting series Uh, you see how uh, Chris Paul's veteran leadership has once again uh, made a team get reach its full potential, especially a young team, how OKC is. You know, we see the good work of Dennis Schroeder and Shea Gillis-Alexander, you know, and uh, Lou Dort. Lou Dort, I think, has done a very good job uh, as a rookie, you know, guarding one of the best players on the earth, James Harden, you know, uh, making some things not easy for him. You know, even though Harden's, you know, and so that's the one thing about stars. People be like, oh, we, you say he guarded him well, but he said 37 points. You have to realize that the greats are going to get their points. I mean, either way, the fact that uh, a rookie can still hold his own against, you know, one of the better scorers that we've seen, you know, in the NBA, it just says so itself. So I, I believe that that notion of, well, if they're so good, how come they can't hold? I mean, there, there's possibly no one on earth that can just, Locked down James Harden, you know, unless we put maybe Kawhi or someone like that, that signature. But you, you shouldn't expect a rookie to try to hold James Harden, you know, under 20 or under, you know, something like that nature. So I just, I feel like we have to be fairly when we're assessing certain players and the situations they're in, especially when they're guarding superstars like James Harden. So uh, they, the Thunder and Rockets play today. That's going to be an interesting matchup too because now. You're going to see uh, how the Rockets respond to adversity. And, you know, given their history, you know, when they're in tight series, 
they sometimes don't come out as the victor, you know. And now I believe that OKC has the momentum so far going into this game because if, if you're the Rockets, you're like, we had a 2-0 lead, you know, and we had everyone saying that we'll probably sweep these guys. You know, we probably bought into our hype, and now, look, we're tied with them. So now I think the pressure is more on Houston because, you know, they're, they're uh, one of the teams that many people – pick to maybe be in the Western Conference Finals, you know, and, and we're seeing how the Rockets, you know, live and die by the three, you know, they had 37, I think, missed threes, they've had the most missed threes the entire playoffs, I think, so you can credit the shooting slump, but also I think that's the way their system is geared, you know, with small ball, I mean, you don't see many of the centers you know, that they have playing, you don't see a lot of centers getting fed like that since they're playing the small ball game. So it's really just mid-rangers and threes. So so it's you, you can see how the small ball can work, but in some cases where it may be detrimental, you know, in my opinion. Uh, the Heat and Pacers, it, like I said, the Heat closed that out. Uh, good to see Jimmy Butler with a uh, competitive team. You know, that's what he had been looking for, I think, for the past few years, you know, a young, gritty team that also could win. You know, he 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 voices displeasure in Minnesota because they seemed like they weren't hungry enough for him. Uh, he voiced that he wanted to get out of Philly as well. So now he's with a team that I think could take him to the helm, you know, for the next few years to come. So I'm happy to see Jimmy Butler, you know, get that recognition and get that team that he so desperately wanted, you know, for the last couple of years. Uh, and yes, let's talk about the Lakers and Trailblazers. I think that the uh, Lakers woke up after game <laughs> game one, after the criticism and everything, and now they've hit the ground running, proving why they're one of the best teams in the league as well. You know, uh, LeBron, I believe, stopped being so passive, and now he is dominating the game in ways that we've always been used to seeing play off LeBron. Uh, the way he has been scoring and attacking, you know, and distributing the ball, doing it all three ways, defending as well. So it, it's it's been great to see that that LeBron come out finally, the LeBron that we've known for, you know, 17 years, you know, and, and I know we always uh, talk about year 17, but you got to think a 35 year old basketball player who in the shape that he's in and doesn't look like he's slowing down that that much. He's not as fast. He may not be as agile or stuff like that. Like we was in Miami and, you know, his, his first years in Cleveland, but he's still effective in his game, you know? And now he's, uh, I believe second ever in playoff wins. So he only has a few more to go to get there. And he's the first player with 7,000 points in the playoffs. So we see that LeBron's longevity and LeBron's impact on the game has made strides, you know. But he's not the person. I, he's never been the person to brag about those accomplishments. He's always been in championship mindsets and trying to win the finals and cement his uh, legacy, which I think he's already done, like cemented his legacy bar none as one of the top players to ever played this game. In my opinion, the greatest of all time. That's another subject for another day, but that's just my opinion on it. So uh, the 
Lakers tonight will be looking to close out. That's going to be the last game. Uh, to be frank, I believe that the Lakers, you know, have another night like they did on Monday. You know, just completely dismantling Portland, getting them rattled, especially with uh, Damian Lillard not being available now. Uh, I believe they said he had a, a knee injury. I want to say it's a lower lower body injury. It just, uh, I, I think it was expected, you know. Um, some people had Portland going to the finals. I was not one of those people. So uh, shout out to Charles Barkley who had that deep faith in them. But uh, you have to think the way they had, you know, basically were in playoff mode in the beginning of the <laughs> bubble. So when July 30th started, you got to think they basically spent a month in playoff mode, whereas other teams, you know, had already conceded that they're seeding. Some were resting. Some weren't as invested to winning the games as other teams. So you... You have to put all that in account that they're just fatigued as well. But you can't give excuses as well. I mean, some of the shot selections they've had have been uh, bar none terrible, you know. And then some of the shots that you were seeing that are falling aren't falling anymore. So I just think that it's just the the fatigue and everything wearing down on them, you know. And I've always, I always thought that, you know, the Lakers were always the better team you know, I, I've had it going to, you know, maybe six or seven, you know, because I thought maybe, you know, you know, Corla get, you know, a win or two, which they did in game one. But it's just, it's something about that playoffs and the fatigue and then the rest you can actually have. Because they were battling, you know, like I said, for basically the whole month, just trying to get to the eight seed. <laughs> so there's nothing you can really do about that. But it, it, we can't we can't just talk down. You know, you have to praise Portland for the grit and everything. And I'm talking like they'll lose tonight. I mean, I, it's just the, my opinion that L.A. will close the thing out like they should, you know. But if this is the last time we see Portland, we have to give congratulations for making the A.C., for showing their toughness, you know, for Damian Lillard being the best player in the bubble when they were trying to get in, you know, the bubble MVP they created. So we have to give credit where credit is due, you know, and credit to Nurkic for still playing even after his grandmother sadly passed away from COVID-19. He still stayed with the team and still gave it his all. So that, that's, a, that's a solid team. And uh, I think one of the better young teams, and they'll, they'll get there. I think they need maybe one more contributing superstar to go along with Lillard and McCollum's tandem. And I think maybe one day they'll be able to reach the finals that they want to, you know, because Damon Lillard is only 30 years old. So it's not like he's that old, but he's also in that age where, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to at least get, get to the finals and win a finals before I have to retire before these injuries start setting in, you know, permanently. But I think that one day they'll get there, you know, granted, if they get what they need, the pieces that they need, or they make the adjustments they need, you know, and uh, the in, inboarding, the, the coaching. So, like I said, it's, it, it's great to see that Portland did all that, but uh, I just think that their time has come to end the playoffs. No no offense, but just it's the, the reality of it. And then lastly, um, with Dallas and the Clippers, 
Paul George uh, finally he heard us <laughs> talking on Twitter, <laughs> on Instagram, on Facebook. The criticism. I think he finally he finally found his rhythm. And then that Clippers team last night is the Clippers team that we had basically thought about seeing in the beginning, and they finally looked like the Clippers that we were expecting to come out to the playoffs, you know, completely dominating on both sides of the floor, offense and defense. And like Doc Rivers said, they weren't emotionally invested, he felt, in the last uh, four to five games. So now you saw more emotion from everybody on the team. You saw them, you know, fighting, not with fists, but, you know, fighting, like, to get rebounds to, you know, get the ball back off of the board. It, it, it was good to see the Clippers finally look like at, they were advertised and not look mid. Because <laughs> they, honestly, they had looked mid since uh, game one. You know, because it was Paul George, not not himself. And even he said during his uh, post-game interview that he didn't feel right and that, you know, mentally it had been tough for him. He was going through a few things. And that's another thing you need to realize that these players, the the way the bubble is situated, it's not like they can go anywhere, you know, do something. Maybe he had a routine. If he have a bad night, he does something to help with his therapy. He had uh, his own little therapy that you can't do that in the bubble, you know, because you're confided to this space. So you have to talk about how the bubble mentally, the toll it takes on these players as well, you know, because it's not like you leave and then go back home, you just leave and go back to your hotel room and stay there to the next day, uh, next practice. So I think that we have to take in regard and have a little bit of sympathy for the players who are, you know, openly voicing their opinion on how mentally draining the bubble can be. You know, as, a, as myself, an advocate for mental health, if someone, if some player says that, you have to take, into, you have to take that in account, you know, no matter what. Can't play about anybody's mental state, even athletes, because athletes are human too. So I think it was just brave of Paul George and very open of Paul George to admit that. That he said, yeah, I mentally was checked out the last few games, but now I'm, now I'm back to where I need to be. And we've all had those days. I mean, we've all had those weeks where mentally we're drained of the job that we're doing. We're not doing a good job at it because we have other stuff on our mind and it can't can't escape anybody. You know, somebody like a player like Paul George. So, you know, it's great that he admitted that at least. And it's good that he came back to the form that we know he can be as an all-star. You know, you know him having 35 points, going 12-18 field goals, 7-7 seven, seven free throws. That's the Paul George that we grew up that we knew on the Pacers when they used to stretch the heat out for six to seven games and then him going to OKC being an MVP candidate and then him going to the Clippers and doing that. that that's the Paul George that we know. And again, it was just one game, so we can't crown him yet. You know, going back to the athlete minds, mindset of it, sports mindset of it, but it was good to see him finally look at ease. And now I think that uh, the Clippers may have a good chance of, you know, ending this thing tomorrow. But let's not talk too fast. Because, you know, that, that man, Luka Doncic, whenever he has a bad game, he always comes back with a better game. You know, 
because it was a, uh, to his standards, it may have been an average night, but you know, I mean, 22 points, nine of 14 from the free throw line, but he was six of 17 from the field. So I think the Clippers finally figured out a way to, you know, get him off his game and say, you are not going to beat us, Luca. Somebody else had to be us, but it will not be you. <laughs> I guess they learned their lesson from the buzzer beater and, you know, having to hear that talk from Sunday to Tuesday about, hey, maybe maybe Dallas will do it. Maybe Dallas will close this out and then it'll be the upset of the first round. And like I, like I told everybody that's listened so far, this has been a March Madness type of <laughs> basketball that we haven't seen before in the NBA. We've seen a lot more competitive, a lot more edge. And like I said, it also has to go with the mental aspect. It has to go with everything that, you know, the social injustices that you basically are forced to see. I don't want to say forced, because not, it's like saying they don't care, but you know, you, you have no choice but to see it because, you know, most players are on their phones on the TV and they're looking at it live. So, you know, you have to deal with the social justice issue that are still going on, you know, you know, recently with uh, Jacob Blake getting shot seven times, you know, uh, God bless that he's still alive. I think apparently that's why I've uh, read reports that he's still alive, you know, but, you know, situations like that, the players are sitting here looking at it and seeing it. And you have, you have if you are a black male, you can't help but get angry at seeing something like that. Okay, it feels like is it ever going to end? It's like it's never going to end because we've been doing things peacefully. We, we've tried we tried everything, and now even the players are voicing their perspective of we feel like we've just become a distraction and that uh, basketball is a distraction. We're losing focus on what the real issues are here and that our platform is not being taken seriously, which I can completely understand. You even have talks of the Raptors maybe boycotting game one, and if that happens, then... <laughs> That, that'll that'll maybe get some people's attention. But, you know, that's a segue into a whole nother chapter. And I'm not trying to keep everybody here all day. But like I, like, like I am, like everyone says, you know, Black Lives Matter. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's not what many people have construed it to be. It's not what many people assume it to be. So as long as there's still breath in my body, Black Lives Matter. Period. Peace.